Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Doug Tyrrell History and Comment. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. Since we last talked, Canadian balladeer Gordon Lightfoot passed away. He was 84. He began on the folk scene in the late 60s and was most successful in the early 70s. The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald in 1975 was his last release to achieve wide airplay. But he remained popular and still had a schedule of live shows planned, which were canceled this spring. It would be difficult to place him in any single genre. He was unique, but his songs have been covered by artists across the spectrum. It might be argued that his success was more as a songwriter than a performer. He was considered a folk hero in Canada, a successful performer who stayed true to his Canadian roots. It would be hard for me to name a single favorite song of his. Don Quixote, Canadian Railway Trilogy, and the Fitzgerald would be on the list. There are a couple of historic eclipses on this day, which makes one wonder if they are more likely at certain times of the year. That is a rabbit hole to explore. 1374 B.C., Mesopotamian astronomers note one in their records. This would have been within a couple of years of the death of Joshua in the Bible. The region of the Aegean Sea between Greece and Turkey and extending to Italy is highly geologically active. Numerous large earthquakes have occurred over recorded history. The year 1481 had three, the largest on this day. In 1715, there's a total eclipse across northern Europe. This one was unique in that it was predicted by Edmund Halley. Halley observed the phenomena of Bailey's beads, points of light appearing for a few seconds at the beginning and end of an eclipse as the sun shines through valleys in the moon. His notes on the event include an accurate hypothesis of the cause. They will be named for Francis Bailey in 1836. The growth of Washington, D.C. has always been an issue. It was not conceived as a major population center with a permanent residence. In 1802, it's given city status with a mayor and council. The metal frame of a 7th century helmet with a boar at the crest is unearthed in the central English colony of Derbyshire in 1848. The first nonstop transcontinental airplane flight takes place on this day in 1923. Actually, it landed on this day. The 27-hour flight departed Long Island the day before and landed in San Diego on this day. The idea of a national evening news broadcast on television was evolving in 1948. NBC had begun a 10-minute newsreel with off-camera narration in February. On this day, CBS will debut its live version, becoming the nation's first. Congress was going over the firing of General MacArthur in 1951. The president, as commander-in-chief, thought the general needed to go. Congress was not so sure. Congress has a problem with overreach. The Kentucky Derby is televised nationally for the first time in 1952. The annual run for the roses for three-year-old horses is held on the first Saturday in May. That means it can fall on any day between the 1st and 7th. Historically, events can appear on any day this week. Saturday will be the 149th running. The highly favored horse is Forte at 3 to 1, well ahead of Tappet Trice at 5 to 1. If you want to look at the long shots, Continar and Reincarnate bring up the rear of the 20 horse field 
at 50 to 1. An agreement is reached in 1957 to move the Brooklyn Dodgers to Los Angeles. They will play out the 57th season in Brooklyn. Margaret Thatcher wins the UK's general election. The next day, she becomes the first female British prime minister in 1979. Prime ministers are different from our president in that they are not directly elected. Members of parliament are elected, and the party with the majority, or in most cases, a coalition of parties that then hold a majority, select the prime minister, much like our Speaker of the House is selected. Except Britain has more than two parties. The primetime soap opera Dallas airs the final episode in 1991. At the time, it was much nearer the longest-running show. For years, Gunsmoke held the top spot, but has been supplanted by The Simpsons. Law & Order Special Victims Unit, Grey's Anatomy, and NCIS are high on the list and currently in production. Gunsmoke makes a good landmark to turn a corner. Across 635 episodes in two decades, Matt Dillon was a steady character. It's quite worth noting that the producers offered the lead to John Wayne, an even more iconic character. Wayne turned it down, not wanting to do a weekly show. But it says something about the character, even if only on the small screen. Society saw value in a strong man with a clear sense of right and wrong. While the alpha male can be difficult, even when they are decent, and tyrannical when they lose their moral compass, they have been lauded by society for a very long time. And it was a notable target. Society recognized that a strong man was a good thing. Nothing was seen wrong with the concept of rough and tough and hard to bluff. We could argue that life cannot be fitted on the large or small screen, and neither Matt Dillon nor John Wayne really existed. The tough man needs a human side. It's okay to shed a tear when the dog dies and a few other times in life. But the ideal was not defective. There was nothing wrong with the quote attributed to John Wayne that courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. But here we sit. Approaching a quarter of the way through the 21st century, we have decided as a society that John Wayne is toxic. The image was good for at least a couple of centuries prior, but now is no longer lauded, but disdained. It has lost its place in the rapid news cycle, but just a few months back, toxic masculinity was a frequent subject. The idea is we need to emasculate men and make the world more feminine, while at the same time, any female who challenged a traditional male role was lauded. Instead of affirming a person to make the best of what you are, we're trying to tear down both and create some androgynous middle ground. Yes, personalities fall on two bell curves. Not every guy is going to be John Wayne, and that is okay. And not every gal is going to be Betty Crocker, and that is okay also. But it's not realistic to think we can create a workable middle ground and exclude the extremes. In fact, most people on either side. The two populations do not overlap, only their extremes do. Society today is pushing for just that. It's warped and just plain diluted. For much of the past few decades, society has done everything it can to tear down the idea of a man. How many television shows have portrayed the male figure as the dimwit? It's the norm. We no longer show a nuclear family with a strong father figure. 
That is too passe. We ignore the fact that an intact nuclear family is the best environment to raise children. What percentage of children today do not have that? It is huge. When I was in school, most kids were in a nuclear family, and few were even blended. Today, an intact family is the rarity, and society is fine with that. And we wonder why things are flying apart. There's a news story today that the Navy featured a sailor who is or was a drag queen in his off time as one of their digital ambassadors, a fancy term for their public image. I'm sorry, but I think they would do better pushing the John Wayne image. Society today is in a death spiral, and we wonder why. The foundation stones that worked for centuries are being abandoned. That's History in Common for the third day of May. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.